Hello, welcome to Creative Catch-Up, a podcast where myself, Natasha Newton, artist and illustrator, and me, Mel Chadwick, illustrator and designer, will be chatting about running a creative business. Each episode, we'll be diving into a different topic that has come up in our own creative practice. We'll be sharing our experiences, both the ups and downs, struggles and successes, and hopefully give some advice that you'll also find useful. Join us for season two, episode two, as we chat about when and if we should ever work for free. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Mel. How are you doing this week? It's been a busy one, hasn't it? It has been. And I think we've both realised we've got very gravelly voices. So you might hear us being a bit more gravelly than usual. A bit deeper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Going into autumn. Yeah, this is just what happens. OK, thanks, guys, for joining us today and listening in. In today's theme, we're going to be chatting about if and when we should work for free and how do you know if you should. I think in most cases... Um, you should probably decline working for free, but but I don't think it's a simple yes or no answer as I think each scenario will de- be different depending on the cause, the people and the opportunity. Anyway, let's jump in and find out. What do you think, Natasha? When have you been asked to work for free? Well, I've been asked to work for free quite a few times in my career and um, I do actually have an example with me today which I could um, I'll tell you about in a minute but yeah I've been asked to work for free by all sorts of different um, people and businesses including magazines and um, people wanting to use my work for their websites and just thinking that a credit on the website is enough um, so yeah, using it as an integral part of their the design of their website. Um, yeah. So yes, there are quite a few occasions. And I mean, I have worked for free. I wish I hadn't done on many of those occasions. But you do all sorts of things when you think it's going to lead to something else. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. And I know that I've been asked to work for free. And just this week, I had a little message asking whether I could um, offer some work for free. So it's definitely something that is unavoidable. And I think every artist creative is going to be asked at some point to produce some work for free. Um, I think before we kind of go a bit further into it and hear your personal um, story I wondered if we could think about some situations when you would work for free and maybe we can chat about the pros and cons of those so let's go through some of those things so I'm thinking like when you're building your portfolio or you're creating personal pieces or you're doing projects for yourself I mean technically you're working for free aren't you in those situations you are, but it is for yourself. It's benefiting yourself and not somebody else. So it's, it's it's to build something so that in the future you are, you know, able to hopefully earn money from, you know, what you're doing. So you're putting the time, you're investing in yourself, aren't you, I guess? Yeah, I think that's a good phrase, actually. You're investing in yourself um, and you're knowing the value as well of your work. Um, because if you put time into yourself, then you know that 
actually you'll improve your skills. You'll also have a wider um, portfolio as well to show. Are you doing any projects at the moment that um, are for free, I guess, for yourself or for your portfolio? Um, I guess I'm always, yeah, I would say I am. I'm working on different pieces that are more experimental so I guess you could say you know I could be spending that time working on other pieces that I know will sell and that I could you know pop in my shop or whatever and earn some money from but I'm actually spending some of that time working on things I know I'm not going to earn any money from at the moment but it's that thing of needing to experiment and that will lead on to paying work eventually yeah okay so other things so collaborations and I was thinking about us actually working on this podcast because yeah. this is something we're both putting time into and we're not getting paid for. But I mean, we're working for free, but I guess we are getting something out of this. And also, you never know where things are going to lead as well. So, you know, having a podcast like this, you start off small um, and it might stay small, but then again, also, you don't know who's going to listen to it. And then who, through listening to the podcast, could perhaps you know, think, oh, well, I'm going to just check out their work. And, you know, it things lead on to other things, and it's not necessarily apparent at the beginning of a project. Um, yeah, sometimes it takes time. And I think the more stuff you put out there, the more chance there is of, of some of that stuff <laughs> leading to something exciting. Yeah. That just reminded me, Natasha, um, you were on the radio, weren't you, recently? When BBC Radio Suffolk contacted me, um, he found me through... Um, it's this, his name is John Wright and he has an evening show. And he said uh, that he had found me through my videos on YouTube. And that's how he then found me on Instagram. So he didn't find me... I always assume people find me through Instagram because yeah. that's by far my biggest social media. But um, no, he found me through my videos because he was searching for Suffolk videos, I think, or something like that. And he came across mine and really liked them and then that took him to my Instagram and um, I think he might even be following our creative catch-up account oh, brilliant. so oh, cool. I don't know whether he's listening to these uh, podcasts but the interesting thing is that if like a couple of years ago someone had contacted me from the radio and asked me to you know would I mind being interviewed I would have just gone oh there's no way I can do that yeah. And yet doing these pockets and actually Dominic said <laughs> he actually <laughs> used this as, as an example. He was like, of course you can do it. You do a podcast now. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, I do actually. Yeah, maybe I, I can chat about this. So, you know, it was a pre-recorded, which helped a pre-recorded interview. I think if it had been live, I'd be really scared. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was okay in the end, actually. And Yeah, I loved listening to it. And I just think, gosh, yeah, because you'd put yourself out there, because you put time into your YouTube channel, you know, you'd got used to doing your voiceovers and such. It's It just shows, doesn't it, that actually sometimes, like you say, when you invest in yourself, you do get something coming back to you opportunities do arise from those situations even though at the time you're like you don't know what's going to happen from it but yeah I think that's a good positive thing isn't it it is yeah so yeah that's a perfect example of 
you know, you never know who's listening yeah. or watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, okay, so what about entering competitions and awards? What do you think about those? Are they positive things or should we avoid them? Or what are the, I'm just thinking, what are the pros and cons? I know there is this um, this kind of trend at the moment for certain companies to advertise on social media it's a project but they advertise it as if it's a competition so instead of just finding an illustrator that they like approaching them and you know with a budget and saying you know would you like to do this work for us they're actually saying oh if any of you are interested I've seen this with so many different companies I mean it's just it's spec work you're you're putting your time and effort into creating something that may or may not be chosen the chances are it will not be chosen if there are thousands of people entering and then often even the winner doesn't get a a great deal from this you know it benefits the company it doesn't really benefit the the artist I think what do you think? Well, I know that I have entered some of these competitions in the past. And I think earlier on, as I was trying to find work, get established, I felt like I should enter the competitions. It's funny, isn't it? Because now I'm like, what? Why did I enter those competitions and put all that time in? Um, but it's so hard, I think, at the start, because you think, oh, that's how I'll be found. And that's how people will see my work and yes it's nice when people like look at your work and they and you get lots of people going oh that's wonderful oh that's lovely and even the company itself who might be running the competition might be saying oh wow that's awesome thanks so much for your submission but it's all it's all flattery though and some of it is just yeah it's just hot air and it's not really going to help you because you sometimes it just distracts from maybe building your own portfolio and you could have put work into you know maybe the niche that you're wanting to work in like if you want to do maps like I do a lot of maps Um, I could have done another map for another area and then maybe put that in my portfolio and maybe spent some time emailing potential clients you know and saying have a look at my portfolio here's some work I've done I remember actually one competition I entered and I actually did win and but the competition I entered I didn't actually have to create anything new actually just had to submit work that I had done and that was really good because actually the prize was 300 pounds and I won won the competition got some exposure as well and because I wasn't actually having to create new work it just seemed okay well I'll just submit work that I've done already winning it was just yeah Cool. And I, I could keep the work. It wasn't like I wasn't having to hand over full copyright or anything like that. Because sometimes with these competitions, I've noticed that that they want you to completely give away the copyright to them. Which is very crazy because even in a normal illustration contract situation, you rarely hand over full copyright. Mm, you normally yeah. are just have a usage for the work you know whether it's just one use or or for a limited time period yeah yeah. exactly Mm. and and with these competitions you just don't have any negotiation rights do you You just 
they set the terms, they set it all out. It's very much weighted in their favour. It's not in your favour whatsoever. And kind of just say you get exposure through it. But I think really you are pushing, you're basically marketing the company that is running that competition. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I think this is this is the thing. I think when you're um, uh, maybe earlier on in your career, it's much more tempting to try things like that. And I think also we have this idea as creatives that, you know, one big job is going to launch us. You know, if we could just have that opportunity. And I've actually, I, I used to think like that. And I've actually found as I've gone along that sometimes the things that I think are going to be, um, I don't know, the, it's going to be the job that gets me to the next stage of my career, whatever that is. Um, it actually turns out to be not such a big deal after all. And it's often a series of small stages. There's not one thing that suddenly launches you and, you know, you have a super successful career after that. So I think it's this like, it's almost like chasing a dream a little bit, isn't it, when you enter these competitions. And I think it's really damaging to the illustration industry because other companies, businesses, art directors see this happening and um, they think, oh, well, we'll go down that route as well. And then you just end up with an industry that doesn't want to pay. Yeah, you just end up having to almost having to fight to be paid, to be the worth of the industry goes down as well. It harms everyone. It does. And then, yeah. And then where do you go from there? You know, you end up with an industry where people can't make any money. Apart from the businesses. Yeah. Mm. What about work experience or internships? The pros of that. Mm. Um, I, I remember actually doing some work experience um, as a youngster. I remember doing um, going into the props department. I think it was National Welsh Opera House or something, going into the props department and oh, getting wow. a, week, a week of work experience. That was brilliant. That was great fun. Excellent. I think work experience needs to be relevant to furthering your career, doesn't it? It needs to actually um, match with what you want to do. Is it a good thing to do, though? I yeah, think I think if you're gaining experience and that's going to help you in your future career, then yeah. Yeah, I think it is a good thing to do. Maybe have a time limit on it so you're not kind of doing it for six months a year you know maybe interning for maybe two weeks in a design studio or a design agency seeing how everything works that you're able to see all of the all of the aspects of it and you're not just there to make tea or coffee or to get the lunch runs I think you have to be definitely in a place that is going to look after the interns and give you a really good insight into what happens yeah, you actually need to experience the business side of things, and yeah, it could give you it could give you valuable experience. Mm. Okay, what about a good cause? Mm. Now this is yeah, this is a tricky one. I don't, I, I honestly don't know the answer to this one because I feel like you should support a good cause. <laughs> I mean, if it's something you believe in, but then. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what to... It's like I never know whether working for free is a good thing in any case. <laughs> I, can't, I kind of feel... I'm feeling more and more that it isn't, to be honest. 
I think it depends, I guess, what it is that they're asking of you and why you're doing it. I mean, I know for me, I've I've always done voluntary work, but that's, I've, you know, been going to church. Part of being part of a fellowship is that you are serving other people. I think when you're being asked to do maybe work that you would do professionally, I think then you might need to draw a line with that. And especially if it's taking up time that you would... Uh, be putting into doing you know your own business I think you again you need to have a line you can't do everything can you You can't offer that all the time you can't offer working for free I mean I've had experiences so for example um, there's a large exhibition for a charity and um, they have many artists who take part in this exhibition so they're taking 50% of every sale of every painting from the artist's they're taking 50%, which I kind of think is high already because bearing in mind the artist is the one who's created the work, the artist is the one who's, you know, had to purchase the art materials and so on. And then there is the pressure on you every single time this exhibition rolls around to also donate a free piece of artwork, which they can then auction off. And I've had this from other organisations as well, where I've done some work for them, paying work, but then because it's it's for a charity, they will then expect when they have their, their big gala or whatever it is, um, they ask the artist to donate work. And I kind of feel like a lot of artists don't earn that much money anyway, and when somebody is pressuring you because it's for a charity and it's for a good cause, you do feel under pressure to do it because you feel really bad if you say no. So I've really struggled with this. And um, in the first example I gave one year, I did give a free piece of work for their auction. But the, the second year, I didn't. It's funny, but I do think that that was seen <laughs> as um, as me being kind of awkward or, you know, not not kind of playing the game. I think, I suppose this is a whole other topic, but I do think there's an awful lot in the art world of of game playing, you know, and people who do the right things. I don't know whether you can call them the right things, but what's seen as being the right things, they get ahead faster than the others who perhaps stick to their principles. And also there are so many charities, so many kind of causes which you could end up giving to every one of them and still not giving enough you could still feel like oh I haven't done enough but the thing is you would end up totally without a business you wouldn't be able to run like that I think I think you've got to really personally maybe know what you're giving to where your time's going so I think for me I don't mind giving to my fellowship because I know the people I know and and it's part of my giving if say another uh, another church was asking for work from me I wouldn't give them the work for free I would charge them just like I would charge another client other organizations other charities I definitely feel they I have to treat them just like a client people who approach you oh please could you give donate a piece of artwork to save the I don't know to save something I, I, again it's like well are you really trying to do that or are you just trying to get more exposure for your cause and you're not realizing that actually that artist has to 
give maybe a whole day or two days. Yeah, or longer. Or longer mm. to that. And they're not mostly in the position to do that anyway. So it's, it is a bit cheeky to do that. I mean, they wouldn't, a charity wouldn't um, ring up, you know, broadband's company and say, can you waiver our fee because, you know, we're a charity? I feel like artists are somewhat of an easy target and it's always dressed up as um, good exposure, you know. The people who run these charities, Mel, they're making money. They're not do. They're not giving all of their time for free. This is what really annoys me. I agree with you entirely. I used to work for a charity. I was actually a fundraising assistant, and I would get paid. Yeah, you see, fundraisers would actually put that into the um, bid. They would actually take a cut, so they could maybe come up with all of these ideas. Okay, yeah, let's approach all of the artists in the area. Let's see if we can get them to donate one piece of work. But that fundraiser will be paid because they would take a cut of, you know, whatever money, whatever bid they win. So it's 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 nonsense to say that charities just because someone's a charity they're not operating like a business because they are are operating like a business they wouldn't be able to actually run their charity if they didn't so it's it's a nonsense to say oh just because it's non-profit that doesn't mean to say they're not making money because they are making money they're paying their staff yeah they're paying the people who work for them Okay, so we've kind of chatted a little bit about when we might work for free. We've looked a bit at the pros and cons of those. And we know there are probably lots more examples and lots more situations. So I think we should now work out when is it that we definitely say no to doing free work. Let's start (laughs) with when people say you will get exposure yeah, I've done things for exposure before. And often the exposure isn't as great as you hope it will be. They'll say something like, oh, well, we'll, we'll credit you by name, you know, at the bottom of whatever it is. So many people don't even bother looking at that. So it's not great exposure anyway. And it's like, what do you want this exposure to be? So, for example, if I work for free for a magazine and I think, oh, well, other magazines will hopefully see this. And then they'll want to employ me. But if you have a culture of, you know, people being able to use work for free, it's likely that through that exposure to another magazine, that magazine will also look at you and go, you know, would you like to, you know, give us some of your work? It's great exposure. So it just continues on and on and on. It doesn't necessarily lead to paying work. That is very true. So, yeah, stay away when you start hearing We'll give you exposure. I think that is definitely a warning bell. Do not accept. Say no. (laughs) How about if a business says they've just started in business and we're very small? I've heard that one so many times. We do not have a budget, but we might be able to give you more work in the future. Mm, No. (laughs) This this is... This is probably a good time (laughs) to share my example. Shall I do that? Yeah, go for it, Natasha. Okay, so this this was an example of an email I received a couple of years ago. Okay, so I will just read it to you as it was written. 
Hi, Natasha. Just seen one of your lovely pictures that might work well for a poster advertising our Choral Society Christmas concert and was wondering if you'd object to us using it. We have no spare money, I'm afraid, so I'm just asking as a favour, really. Bear in mind that I do not know this person at all. They seem very familiar with you, though. They seem very friendly. They do seem very friendly. I'm sure she's a lovely, friendly lady. But the thing is, she doesn't know me. And she's asking for a favour. Tell us, what did you say? Yeah, here's my response. Hi, blank. Thanks for contacting me. I'm pleased that you like my work. However, I no longer allow people to use my artwork for free, as it's the only way I make a living. So I always charge a fee, which varies depending upon the usage. I've looked at the Choral Society's website, and I'm certain that they wouldn't perform concerts for free. They were selling tickets, by the way. And the printers who make the posters or any other advertising material wouldn't work for free either. Using artwork to promote a paid event, with the image being something that draws people in and helps to set the tone and sell the tickets, but not expecting to pay the artist is unacceptable. This is my job and it has taken years of hard work and financial hardship to finally get to the stage where I can make a living. You wouldn't ask a plumber to come and fix your leaking pipe as a favour, would you? It's the same thing. I don't wish to seem harsh, but you must understand how frustrating it is that artwork, which takes years of practice, skill and talent to produce, not to mention costly art materials, is sometimes so undervalued. Very best wishes, Natasha. Uh, Did you get a response? I did. And I actually thought, I thought I'm either not going to get a response or when she responds, she's going to be really annoyed and kind of defensive. But actually... She was okay. She did understand my point of view, which I found really interesting. Yeah, so she must have, you know, basically thought of asking you and just not really thought what she was asking, like naively asking you. Yeah, I think sometimes people just think, oh, you know, this is nice artwork. It doesn't, you know, it won't hurt them if, you know, I use that artwork. In fact, they'll see it as a compliment. And I think people often think of it as a hobby as well. Like you're just doing this for fun and they don't realise the hard work, the hours that go in, the hours that go into every single piece, even if it's a piece that is actually quite quick to draw or paint. It's the years that you've worked up to, to being able to do that quickly. Well, I say that you shouldn't get paid per hour when you're making, when you're charging, you shouldn't be paid per hour. I think you just should be paid per project or per piece because say if you have got very fast at creating work if you go on an hourly rate you are actually not helping yourself because you've done that work so fast that actually you're you're paying yourself less than someone who maybe took forever and taken them eight hours to do but they're going to get paid more yeah because you do speed up as you you know, become more experienced. I know that the pieces that would have taken me previously a day to do, I can probably do them in two or three hours now. But it's because I've put in the time and effort consistently over years and years to get to that stage. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope that's that's an example of how you can reply to somebody because this lady, obviously, I don't think she was, you know, a horrible person. I think... I mean, it was incredibly annoying. The situation was annoying. But I think she just didn't realise that, 
you know, what she was asking wasn't really on. No, yeah. And it was good, though, that you actually took the time to actually kind of write back to her, I think, and explain it in those terms, because I think it made probably sense to her then and made her realise that actually what she was asking wasn't right to ask. Isn't it interesting that artists are asked this question often, you know, being asked to work for free, whereas you don't get this in other professions, as far as I'm aware, unless someone can enlighten me. No, and especially like, you know, think of decorators, builders, you know, imagine that, asking, you know, the handyman, oh, could you um, fix our reef for free, please? Yeah. I'll, I'll give you exposure for it. I know, it's crazy, you just wouldn't, nobody would even think about doing that. But for some reason, with artists, it's fine to constantly ask for free work. I mean, fortunately, just to to be balanced, there are many, many people who will happily pay and do realise the value of artwork. I mean, you will you will receive lots of requests for free work, but there are a lot of people out there who know the value of artwork. And I think it's right, it's going back to actually maybe valuing yourself as well and what you are doing, because if you yeah. don't have value in your time or in the work or talent that you've got, then you're going to let everyone else dictate what they think you're worth. And, yeah, you've got to actually know your own value. Yeah, and I think perhaps as you become more experienced and um, you've, you know, been doing it for several years, you do start to know your own worth and it becomes easier to turn down these um you know, jobs, if we can call them that, or opportunities or whatever they're um, framing it as, yeah. So, yeah, I I think it's really good for for you to think about how you decline. And Natasha, your, the way you worded your answer, I think was a really good example of that. And I've also got a, an answer I gave very recently because someone was asking to use one of my images to sell... Uh, for a charity or for a good cause without wanting to pay me. Um, So this is the actual answer that I gave to them. Thanks so much for your interest in my work. I'm not in a position to offer this for free. Licensing my illustration is how I make a living. So I hope you understand that I would not be able to sustain the business if I offer images without payment. Thanks again for getting in touch. Best wishes. That's really good. Yeah, it's... You don't need to be rude, you you know. No, don't be rude, no. You just need to be very honest. You don't need to go into loads of detail either. You just need to kind of make them see why it's unacceptable to ask that in the nicest possible way while still being firm. (laughs) Yeah, so that they get the points. You're not going to give them the work for free and they they need to pay you for that. And I think it's good to educate people because then they won't go, hopefully, in the future and ask somebody else the same thing. Because I was very tempted when I received that email to just ignore it and put it in the trash. And uh, then I thought, no, this is an opportunity to help educate somebody. And I think we need to do this rather than rather than getting annoyed about it or you know, just ignoring them, actually just take a moment to say, look, I'm not going to do this and, and this is why I'm not going to do it. And I think I was similar. I always think I, 
I delayed answering for a few days because I was like, oh, it's so irritating. Why do I have to keep explaining myself? But actually, I just needed to give give an answer and it would help her then maybe realise that it wasn't right to ask for that work for free. Yeah. Yeah, because exposure doesn't pay the bills. And, uh, yeah, we need to uphold our industry, don't we? We need to actually promote what we do. And we need to expect to actually earn a living through it. If we're going to earn a living, we need to be paid for it. Yeah, in the same way as anyone else who does a skilled job would be paid. It's no different. Okay, so I think we've talked quite a bit about different situations. And as you can tell, it's not always an easy answer. And you have to really think about why you're doing something We would encourage you, I think, not to work for free, only and only under special circumstances, I think. You have to be comfortable yourself, though, I think, if you are going to work for free. You have to really know why you're doing it and give yourself a framework so that you're not overworked or you're completely being used. One more thing, Jessica Hitch, she, I don't know if you've heard of her, she wrote this diagram And it's actually, you'll find it if you just put in, should I work for free? Right. It's kind of like a little diagram and you can ask yourself these questions. Is it for a legitimate business? Is it for your friend? Is it for your mum? Is it for a charity (laughs) or non-profit? And then you've got different kind of answers. So yes or no. And it's a really good little diagram. So if you're really stuck, go and look at Jessica Hitch's should I work for free? Oh, that's a great idea. Oh, I'll have a look at that later, yeah. And there is a sailor mouth version and a, a non-F-bomb version as well. So, <laughs> What did you call it? A sailor mouth? <laughs> yes, a sailor mouth version. <laughs> so you can decide how you read it, depending on your mood, probably. Yeah, so that's a good, that's quite a nice resource to look for. Anyway, I think that is it this podcast episode natasha what's coming up in our next episode well we're going to be looking at contracts and pricing which is a very tricky topic for an awful lot of people and i think a lot of people will be interested in finding out a bit more info about these topics brilliant and i think that's a really good follow-on from this conversation Thanks so much, guys, for listening again this week. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope we've given you food for thought. As always, come and find us on Instagram, creative underscore catchup, or YouTube, search for creative catchup. Please do comment. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Hope you're all doing well, and we'll speak to you again very soon.